Hi guys and welcome to part three of my 20 reasons why you're not making progress and I just want to take this opportunity first and foremost to thank you all for your lovely um, feedback and for your messages that you send me on DMs and on Facebook and the lovely emails I get and I'm absolutely thrilled and honoured that you're tuning in to me each week and and listening to me. And this is me just sitting off the cuff, having a conversation with you guys. Sometimes it can be a lonely world sitting here as an online coach. But the fact that I have you there and I know you're listening and I know that you're a native if you're listening as well. So please, you know, take on board everything that I'm saying. And what I'm going to do this month as well, just to sort of celebrate the end of this three part series, is I'm going to give the first three people who put it on their stories, who pop on their stories that they've enjoyed the podcast or what their feedback is. And if you you need to tag me in a Tara Grimes Fitness is on your Instagram stories um, or your Facebook stories, I'm going to give you a full collection free of charge of all the ebook series that I have on my website. It's well over £170 worth. You're going to get the whole lot for free. The first three people who do that, I will get you, um, I'll send you the full collection. So don't forget to tag me at Tara Grounds Fitness. And guys, thank you so much again. I really appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope you enjoy part three of the three part series. Enjoy everybody. Thank you. Hi, everybody, and welcome to part three of our three part um, 20 reasons why you're not making progress. Uh, I'm going to finish off today with our last or final points as to the reasons why I think and why I suppose it's years of experience and thousands of hours coaching. I see the big mistakes that people make. So in order to fast track clients, I try and steer them away from the potholes and drive them to success um, through a sheer experience and understanding what, what clients need and, and what's individual for them. So today I'm going to be focusing on the final five points. But before we start, I just wanted to mention that we are coming towards the end of, of January. Now, this will probably could be going out end of January, beginning of February. And I actually scheduled a post today and put it's up, um, you know, a lot of us may not have followed through on our January promises that we made to ourselves in terms of change and health and wellness. And again, you know, it's underlining that you don't have to make quantum leaps to start. It's small, steady changes. And hopefully these podcasts underline that that Rome wasn't built in a day, that you don't need to make quantum leaps, small, steady Little steps like compound interest that build and build and build over a period of time that do create the long term change. If you need help with your diet, if you feel that you can't. And and a lot of people get to the point where, you know, they procrastinate on reaching out for help because they think, well, I can do this myself. And there's so many clients who are my one to one VIP coaching have spent. They would admit themselves years and months. Well, I'll not reach out to Tara yet for a one to one VIP coach because I will do this program first and I'll see how I get on with that. And it doesn't come to any fruition for them. And, and ultimately, they're, they're wasting time and they're wasting money as well. So if you are, um, if that sort of resonates with you and you do need help, please reach out. I coach clients personally. I handhold. And it's the ultimate accountability, the program with the ultimate accountability. If you are not disciplined and you just cannot get to your end result all by yourself. So I would be your personal nutritionist. I would be your personal trainer on my one-to-one VIP. We do. A minimum of 12 weeks, six months, and I've clients here with me a year, year and a half. So uh, touch base, uh, self-fill in an interest form on my website, um, on my one-to-one VIP coaching 
click that on my website, fill in an interest form, and I can arrange a Zoom call with you or a chat with you to highlight the areas that maybe this program could help you. So anyhow, we'll move on to our final, our final five points that I feel sum up um, why I feel clients don't make progress why we keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again, hoping that we'll get a different result. And the first one I'm going to kick off with today is inclusion over exclusion. When I'm coaching clients, um, especially clients who want to drop fat, they talk about taking everything out of their diet, but I don't see it like that. You know, as a health coach for me, it's about inclusion over exclusion. And you're probably thinking, well, sure, do you not need to cut foods out of your diet in order to, to drop fat? Yes, you do. You need to cut calories to drop fat. But with cutting calories, what we're doing is we're usually cutting out, you know, the high calorie nutrients, nutrient devoid foods like, you know, processed foods. And what we're looking to do then is optimize your diet with higher sort of volume, lower calorie foods. And what I mean by this, and, and, and when you're, when, especially when I'm coaching clients one-to-one online, you don't want to overwhelm them in the first few weeks of the program. So we're starting off and looking at the low-hanging fruit first. Where is your large amount of calories coming from? What times of the day are your triggers? A lot of clients over snack. Um, out of boredom, out of habit, emotional snack and emotional eating. So because I look at their food logs and I look at their food diaries, it's very easy for me to identify that. And you often see as well that if you are eating a lot of calories and if you are eating a lot of processed foods, they're small in volume. What I mean, you know, it's like um, if you had a a packet of crisps and a bar of chocolate, which would say roughly would be about 400 calories. You don't get a lot of food for that. It's quite small. You strip back the wrappers, you put it on a plate. There's very little food. But what you can do there as a nutrition coach, you're saying, okay, yes, you don't have to cut a chocolate or you don't have to cut a crisps. No, you don't have to eliminate them completely. But let's look because we're dropping calories and you may be hungry, which is one of the probably the massive problems with diets is that people get hungry and when you get hungry what tends to happen you want to overeat and you make binge you might restrict over a period of time and then you can't sustain that so you end up binging so for me it's about inclusion so including more fiber rich foods more fruits more vegetables more whole grains that don't particularly you know create very much or, or add very much calories or many calories to your diet but what they do create number one is volume and bulk and when you have volume and bulk in your diet, number one, you just not get fiber, but you're getting loads of micronutrients as well. And these are foods which are usually carbohydrates, high fiber carbohydrates, you know, your pre and probiotic fibers. When they hit your gut, they tend to swell. So when fiber comes into your gut and hits the fluid in your gut, it swells in volume. So it creates that bulk and that roughage. But number one, we know that fiber its primary purpose is to feed the good bacteria and the microbiome in the gut to proliferate and help our gut microbiota, which improves our immune function. So, but not only that, it also makes us feel fuller for longer, particularly if you're also pushing the protein up in the diet. So it's usually inclusion over exclusion. And for me, it's not about saying to a client, you can never have a bar of chocolate or you can't have this, you can't have that. Not at all. But usually it's finding and creating a stable fundamental. It's like a foundation first in somebody's diet and trying to get them to eat better quality food. And then, you know, if you want that bar of chocolate, if you want that packet of crisps, when you know I think something's not excluded from your diet or it's not I cannot have or, you know, 
you know, as, as I always say, forbidden fruit tastes sweeter when you're telling a client, yeah, you can, you can have that bar of chocolate if you wanted, but I want you to have, you know, maybe more in your lunch. I want you to have more salad. I want you to have more vegetables. I want you to up your protein intake. And at the end of the day, if you're hungry and you want a bar of chocolate, go for it. So inclusion over exclusion, including more water. And again, including movement in your day. We're not just talking food here, but we're talking movement as well. The inclusion of good things rather than excluding all the joy out of your life. So hopefully that makes sense. The other thing is as well, and I, I've done several videos on this and I sort of, I've created two points here, but they actually feed into one. If you don't move much as much, you don't need to eat as much. And that's, it's a very simple term, but a lot of people don't get that. And that sort of feeds into the next one, which is exercise won't make you thin. So I'm going to take these two together. First of all, and I know it's a really simple analogy, but if you had your car parked outside the door, a lot of us had our cars parked outside our front door during the pandemic when we were in lockdown and we didn't have to fill it with very much fuel. The reason we fuel cars is in order to make them move, to take us to where we want to go. And food is ultimately fuel. It creates energy. It gives us energy. So, and it's the energy we need to move. Okay. So we need that energy in order to move every day. Now, some of us fuel like we're running ultra marathons or, you know, doing a Michael Phelps and training eight hours a day for an Olympic Games, <laughs> but we're not expanding the physical energy that we're taking in. So again, if you are not a very active person, you don't need as many calories as somebody who is very active. So hopefully that's common sense. But for a lot of people, it's not common sense because I think as years gone by or I suppose our whole reference point when it comes to dieting and fitness is Slimming World and Weight Watchers. And you're told you need to eat. You need to eat. You need to eat. If you don't eat, you're not going to drop fat. Your metabolic rate's going to slow down. Your body's going to go into starvation mode. You need breakfast. You need to be snacking on fruit all day long because fruit's really good for you and you have to eat loads of it, which is absolute bunkum. You don't need to be eating all that fruit. Yes, fruit's, fruit's good for you. That's a great quality carb. But ask yourself, you know, how active are you compared to what you were maybe when you were younger? And this is what happens to women in their 40s. You come into the 40s and 50s and women automatically attach the menopause thing to themselves and say, that's why I'm fat. That's why I'm gaining fat. And in fact, it's not the reason they're gaining fat. They're moving less and they're eating more. So they're moving less. Their lifestyle has become more sedentary. You know, and, and again, this is this is a, a broad sweeping statement here. It, does, it doesn't apply to everybody. And we also tend to eat more. And I find as my clients live in the 40s and 50s, they have a bit, a bit more disposable income. They may be dining out more. You know, some people, their alcohol consumptions may be a bit higher than it was in their 20s or 30s. Definitely now with people working from home, they're drinking a bit more because they don't have to get into the car and drive to work the next day. So again, you know, how much are you moving? And I'll give you an example of myself. So I'm five foot eight. Um, I try and do between 10 and 15,000 steps every day. And I train four days a week, sometimes five. Now, if I was on a fat loss plan, my uh, physical activity level would be on a multiplier. And again, it's between, I think it's 1.0 and 1.5 or 1.7. 1.7 being somebody who's super active and somebody who's not active. The lower end of the scale will be somebody who's sedentary. So if you're setting yourself a calorie target based on your movement, obviously you're going to get to eat more calories the more you're moving because your body's expending more energy. 
Now, on the days, and what tends to happen with a lot of people, they create a calorie allowance for themselves based on what they think they might be doing. So again, at the start of a diet or something, you know, we're just deciding to move more and we're thinking we want to drop a pound of fat a week. So maintenance calories is 2,000 based on five workouts a week and being moderately active. However, things don't go to plan. You might have done it for the first week and a little bit of the second week and then moving into the third week and the fourth week and the fifth week, you haven't participated in the physical activity that you had genuinely thought that you were going to, um, but you're still eating the same calories. You haven't dropped your calories based on the lower amount of movement that you're now doing. Will that affect your fat loss? Absolutely, it will, because you're 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 giving yourself too much fuel. You're creating, you're giving yourself too much energy in relation to the amount that you're moving. So that's number one. If you don't move as much, you don't need to eat as much. Um, I have clients who are bed bound. They're recovering from surgery and they're not moving at all, but they're still dropping fat. But we're not factoring physical activity into their calories. So we may need to be a little bit more restrictive on the calories. But again, based on what we we're doing, we we're talking there before inclusion over exclusion, you're trying to maximize the volume of good food in their diet so that they're not hungry, even though they might be dieting on less calories because they're sedentary, they're not moving, but they still want to drop fat. So hopefully that makes sense. And again, exercise will not make you thin. You know, we jump on this want to lose weight, have to go to the gym, want to lose weight, need to start running. You don't, as I said before, um, one of the smallest contributing factors to fat loss is actually exercise. Your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, which is the calories you burn at rest, are the greatest amount of calories you'll burn in a day. You know, next to that is your neat activity and then your thermic effect of feeding. So your neat activity is the steps you make. The steps you make when you put your foot out of bed in the morning, do you put it back into bed at night again? You know, that everyday movement, running up and down the stairs, maybe getting into the car in the morning, getting the kids out to school, um, you know, driving to the office, getting out of the car, walking to the office, walking around the office, that everyday neat movement. Are you a fidgeter? Are you a sedentary person? Do you move a lot? Are you up and down a lot? You know, you know those people who can't sit still. Their neat movement tends to be a lot higher than somebody who's maybe a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more laid back. But again, you know, you can up your neat movement by increasing your steps or going walking every day. There's things like parking your car further from the office, taking the steps instead of taking the lift. The usual stuff that you hear. And again, I know you think, oh, blah, blah, blah. I've heard it all before, but it does count. Last week, my car was in for a service and I didn't have it for three days. So I had to walk everywhere. And I literally made my steps without having to go out for a walk on those days just by not having a car. So, you know, you don't think it, it contributes much, but it does if you're doing it every day. So don't don't neglect that. Um, and, you know, I often say to clients, you go and do two PT sessions. And again, a lot of people, I'll, I'll give you the example of a spin class. So you decide to go spinning, you want to lose weight, you want to go spinning and your watch tells you that you've burned 500 calories on your first spin session. Wow, that is amazing. Now, every week as you do that same spin class, if you're not increasing your resistance, if you're not increasing the duration or your output in terms of energy and effort isn't getting higher every week and you're just putting in the same effort at the same level, the same class every week, you may have burned 500 calories in your first week, but that will reduce as you become more, as you call it, fitter. Your body adapts very, very fast. 
So that adaptation starts to occur. So you're burning less calories as the weeks go on. So that 500 calorie on week one. And just to be, just to, to let you know as well that do not go by your Fitbit or your Apple Watch in terms of calories burned via exercise because it's grossly overcalculated. Um, but on the whole, your body adapts and becomes much more efficient at doing that same job that you did in the first week. So your calorie output becomes less as the weeks go on. So you have people hanging their hat on the 500 calorie burn that they're getting, their watch is telling them they're getting every single session. Well, it's not bad at all. It can be up to maybe 30%, sometimes even 40% lower as the months go on. So Hopefully you understand so far about exercise that it does. Yes, you need to exercise. Of course, you need to exercise for health and well-being. We all know that for physical and mental health. We all know those who exercise more, you know, have they live longer. You know, they have less chance of contracting type 2 diabetes and other autoimmune conditions and other nasties when it comes to health. And your future health predictors are much more positive when you're moving. So we know that for a fact. So just because... Um, I say it doesn't contribute that much to fat loss, doesn't mean to say you don't have to do it. You do have to do it as part of a healthy, balanced lifestyle. The next one is tell me, Tara, tell me what to eat. We all want to be told what to eat. We want to be spoon fed like little children when it comes to dieting. You know, what should I eat? And here's the thing you can eat whatever you want. You could diet on chocolate bars. In fact, there's a guy in the States, it's called, um, I can't remember, what, well, there's a McDonald's diet. Um, and the, uh, the Twinkies diet. I think they're 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 can they're like Cadbury's mini rolls. But there's a guy in America that did the Twinkie roll diet and lost stones and stones. So the quality of the calories is irrelevant when it comes to fat loss. It's the quantity. It's the calories. It's the energy. It's ener the law of energy balance. And every diet is merely a vehicle in order to put you into a calorie deficit. So for instance, Slim and World and Weight Watchers take fats out of the diet very unhealthy, you need fats in your diet, but they take them out. It's the most calorific macronutrient. Carbs are four calories per gram, proteins four calories per gram, but fats are nine calories per gram. So it stands to reason sometimes you'd be thinking logically, well, it stands to reason to take fats out of the diet, I'll drop weight. You don't want to be taking fats out of your diet. If anything, you want to be taking the bad fats, what's called the trans fatty acids, the, the processed toxic fats out of your diet, but we do need fats in our diet. So Taking food groups out of your diet just create a calorie deficit. That's it. You know, Atkins takes carbs out of the diet. You're creating probably the biggest chunk of a calorie deficit because most of us don't overeat chicken breasts or, or steak. We overeat on biscuits and crisps and sweets. So it sounds reason you're taking out one of the biggest food groups that you're consuming. You're going to lose weight. You're in a calorie deficit. But what a lot of people say, just tell me what to eat, Tara. What do you, what, do you, what should I eat for breakfast? And I go, well, I don't know. What do you like? People say, well, I like porridge for breakfast. eat porridge, you know. People think that the type of food that you eat will dictate how fast you lose weight. It won't. The only one thing, food group, that you will get a, a metabolic benefit from is protein. It's called the thermic effect of feeding. So when you eat protein, you can get up to 30% of the calories just in the digestion process alone because your body has to work super hard to break it down and digest it in your gut. So your metabolic rate does increase. But there is no one food that is more superior over the other in terms of making you thin or making you fat. It's the calories that does it. You know, I'm sure you all know that people who, you know, survive on, on you know, wine and, and, and junk food and they still are super slim. Again, their energy balance is on point. 
So find for me, it's about finding foods that you enjoy. And when I'm coaching clients one-to-one on my VIP program, we sit down and I say, look, tell me, and normally most people eat fairly good, solid main meals. It's the over snacking that creates the issue and the accumulation of fat over a long period of time. So sometimes you just have to look at the low hanging fruit and say, right, okay, well, what can we take out first here that will have a big impact? And it's usually maybe the seven or 800 calories of snacks a day, maybe a thousand calories in some instances that people are eating that you just drop out. And the weight starts to drop off without even touching anything else. And again, back to the, my original point, a bit of inclusion over exclusion, maybe getting more color, more diversity in the diet in terms of plants like salads and vegetables and some fruit in there. Um, but yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be a gung-ho approach. You have to eat blueberries and you have to eat spinach and drink smoothies and eat organic vegetables. It's not like that at all. And I think that people do have this, thing that you have to eat clean to be on a diet you wouldn't be seen dead on mcdonald's if you're on a diet but we now know research tells us that you know you can have a balanced diet you can eat a mcdonald's and you know not gain fat and still have a balance it's what you do on average that counts you know one swallow doesn't make a summer one bad meal won't make you unhealthy or make you fat and similarly one salad won't you know turn you into gwyneth paltrow so it's about what you do on average that counts that's the main thing and again it's about getting people to understand not to keep rewounding yourself if you have a bar of chocolate or if you decide to go into mcdonald's and have a a, a, a burger with your children when you're going out on a saturday afternoon it's about understanding that you can include things like that in your diet especially when you're counting calories you can ex- you can include it i get food logs on every monday from my one-to-one clients and in a way i'm sort of delighted that they're eating out a bit more they're not fearful of going into restaurants they're not fearful of going into the cinema and having you know some popcorn they just take the calories from that meal they know it's not something that's excluded out of their diet they include it as part of their weekly balance and their total and they make it work no big deal and they continue to lose weight plus the guilt that they've freed themselves from from not considering it a bad food for me that's all part of the journey of re-establishing a good solid relationship with food so the other thing is don't compare yourself Um, A lot of us tend to, and I often see this on my six-week online program, you know, people are putting up posts, they're doing really well, and they've lost stones and stones of weight. But that's their chapter 10, somebody else coming in chapter one. So never compare yourself. And you look at people on Instagram, and I... I don't look at Instagram that often. I just, I don't have time. And my free time certainly wouldn't be taken up looking at Instagram posts or other people's stories. So, but occasionally I do go on, I do follow a few people and I look, I come across some posts that appear on my feed and I want to cry because I think, I'm smart enough and and educated enough in nutrition and fitness to know that this person, number one, has superior genetics, you know, superior genetics. Number two, they've probably trained in the last 15 years of their life. You know, their diet is probably, they're so well accustomed to counting calories and understanding and eyeballing food that they preach, I don't have to diet. I don't count calories. Believe you me, at some stage in their life, they have counted calories that they've got to the stage now where they can do that. So don't compare yourself to other people's. Don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 10 or chapter 20. 
And people would often say to me, you know, you're so fit and you can squat this and you can do that. Of course I can. I'm doing this a long bloody time. <laughs> and I, I had this client conversation with a client and she says, you just make that look so easy. And I said to her, she's a primary school teacher. I, I can go into a primary one class and control 30 children. <laughs> Not a chance. I would suck at it. You know, so don't think, you know, this is my job. When you look at people on Instagram like that, you know, they're going to the top of the algorithm and they're getting all these likes and all these followers on Instagram and Facebook are pushing them to the top of the profiles because of their genetics, because the fact that they're so superior and they're probably spending two, three hours a day in the gym that most mere mortals would, wouldn't they, might have a week to, to contribute to their training. So stop comparing yourself, you know, and stop looking way down the line and stop looking at other people. This is your journey. This is your life. If there's one thing I keep trying to preach to my clients and, you know, they, I, I sometimes profile a few of my clients' journeys and I, client, I profile my successes on my Instagram story and you'd have clients saying, I can't believe how well they're doing compared to me, you know, and then you have to explain maybe that that person has lost a stone in six weeks because they're much larger than you to start with. First of all, stands to reason when you're a bigger unit of energy, you're going to lose weight faster than somebody who's maybe three or four stone lighter than you. Um, so again, there's always a reason why, but don't you focus on anybody else's reasons. You just focus on number one. It's your journey. Nobody else's. It doesn't matter how quick it takes. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Just you focus on you and forget about everybody else and stop nosing in social media at other people's stories and what they're doing because you haven't a scooby-doo what's going on behind closed doors so i always say keep it real focus on yourself do everything you can within your power and your day forget about yesterday forget about tomorrow just focus on today let's get one little thing done today and again tomorrow do another little thing and those little things every day of every week of every month of every year all add up and those little things become big things and after two months and three months the little things and then the momentum grows the confidence grows and before you know it you are closer to your goal so never compare yourself to people on social media ever or anybody else for that matter okay second last personal standards um anybody who follows me will know i've done a full video on this um and again, I always say the reason I do what I do is to make sure that women raise their personal standards. And I often say that we have more respect for the home and the house that we have. And we'll clean it and we'll look after it and we'll maintain it and we'll pay a fortune for tiles. And, you know, I'm just after getting a home office built and it just absolutely, I, it just blows my mind. I think how in the name of God do people afford and have the time and the effort and the energy to upgrade and maintain their houses. And yet they would never take one fraction of that time to maintain, to upgrade, to have the same investment and the same pride and respect in their own body than they would in their own house. And have a think about that. I want you to think about that. You know, how easy is it you, and again, with your own children, you know, standards you set for your children. And as a mother of four children, you know, you set very high expectations for your children, which is sometimes I think is a very good thing. Um, set high standards, you know, and high expectations as well within reason, obviously. 
Um, but yet you pour all your energy into them. And, you know, you see people pouring all their energy into their kids and they have to get this in school and they have to do this in sport and they've got to do this and they've got to be that. And they are completely pouring every drop of energy into that child. And what they need to do is take a few steps back and think, right, okay, hold on a minute here. Hold on a minute. This is not, <laughs> this is not my life. That's their life. What about looking and improving on myself? And when I talk about improvement, I'm talking about self-improvement when it comes to your health. Taking a few steps back and thinking how much energy you're putting into other things. Maybe maybe it's a distraction technique as well. And people often say to me, oh, Tara, I put everybody else first. I put everybody else first. I always put my kids first. I put my work first. Maybe it suits you to do that because you don't want to address the elephant in the room. I don't know. Ask yourself that question. Um, I know for me, procrastination, procrastination, let's procrastinate, let's focus or let's create another reason why we don't have to lose that two or three stone that would take us out of obesity and maybe drop us down into a healthier weight range. Maybe we'll focus on something else in order to distract us from maybe not, you know, having to cook that healthy evening meal for ourselves and our family. So maybe we might find something else to distract ourselves from that. Ask yourself, you know, I, I, I'm a firm believer and there's nobody is more real and honest than I am with myself. And sometimes I have to look at what I'm doing. And usually it's pointed out to me beforehand, but usually I look and I think, am, am, am I doing this for a reason? Am I not doing this for a reason? And here's another thing as well. A lot of women regress and self-sabotage is because they're afraid. They're afraid of people maybe draw, they're afraid of drawing attention to themselves. I had a conversation with a client last week and she was saying that she had lost three stone by herself. And the 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 amount of people who were acknowledging it and saying how amazing she looked and people who she says it's like she became visible for the first time because she started to take an, an interest in herself and her own appearance she'd done really really well she had you know taken a real effort with her exercise she'd she had you know dropped out a lot of the, the sugary snacks she started to track her food she'd done really well she had dropped like three or four dress sizes and she then realized that when she raised her personal standards, when she created that change in her life and that shift, she says she almost became exposed. She was exposed first for the first time in her life. People were complimenting her. People were stopping her and asking her and she created attention. She was drawn attention to herself and she didn't like it. She felt really uncomfortable and she realized for the first time that's why she self-sabotaged and regressed because people were looking at her. She was happy to hide in the shadows. It suited her. Um but she was uncomfortable with people complimenting her. And I know that sounds crazy and we all love a compliment, but there's some people aren't like that. You know, they feel uncomfortable and um, they're happy to sit behind somebody else and let somebody else take all the applause and all the accolades. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're exposing yourself. And when you're increasing your personal standards, you're also reflecting back at other people, what they're not doing as well, which can create real controversy. It can, you know, and I often say to clients, especially clients who work in situations where there's staff rooms at work or they have, you know, a, a, a colleagues and maybe work whose their own personal health standards aren't pretty high. And so all of a sudden, 
their mates coming into work and they're bringing a pre-packed lunch and they're going for walks and lunch instead of, you know, I had a client who was a night shift worker. She was a nurse and they used to order in McDonald's in the middle of the night. She stopped doing that. She brought her own lunch. She, you know, she drank her water. Um, she wasn't eating bars out of the vending machine and her her friends were starting to say, what's wrong with you? You know, what are you at? And again, starting to go on, sure, what will do you no harm? And, and and I always say to clients, you know, it's very uncomfortable for people sometimes when you see somebody close to you who you like and admire doing something that you know you should be doing yourself. Um, and it can ruffle a few feathers, but again, stand firm, stay, stay again, stand firm, be committed. This is your journey, not anybody else's. Don't be that watery that you would have somebody deviate you from your goals because they're people who are quite vulnerable and they really value their friendships, again, more than they value their own personal health and well-being. But you've got to stand firm with this one and you've got to, you know, as I always say, you've got to paddle your own canoe. You've got to be strict. You've got to control yourself. Forget about everybody else. You can't control other people. You can control the decisions and the behaviours that you take but not everybody else, but understand that this will also happen as well. And it's, and it's very natural and it's human nature. And I'm going to finish off today by one of the biggest and the most important reasons why a lot of people don't make progress with their diet. And it's their why. W-H-Y, just in case my accent throws a few people off. Their why. And what is their why? Well, your why and my why could be very, very different. Um, and I'll give you a few examples of, of why my most successful clients, there's a common thread as to why they're successful, because their why is so powerful. It's so potent and it's the most important thing in their life that they want to achieve. Um, for some people, it is I have clients who are overcoming. They're on the road from recovery from cancer and their why is to have the best quality of life that they can to give themselves every opportunity and leave no stone unturned when it comes to looking after their body, looking after their physical health, their mental health, you know, even simple things like going for walks every day and maybe cutting out their snacks and improving more plants or more nutrition in their diet. So to improve their gut health and their immune function, to help rebuild from the chemotherapy. I have clients who have been overweight their whole life. They've had grandchildren and they can't walk or run with them anymore and they want to be able to enjoy a really quality time with their grandchildren take them on holidays take them to the beach go swimming with them that's really really powerful for them I have clients who are recovering from serious accidents who again their why is very strong because it's connected to something very real i.e their health um, so that is their why and your why has to be so strong. And sometimes I often say to my clients when they're struggling, choose your heart. What is your heart? Is two years or one year or six months or two months or one month, whatever length of time it takes for you to achieve your goal, is that harder to do? Are you willing to do that hard for that length of time? Is that harder than you spending the rest of your life looking in the mirror and not liking what you see? or knowing that you're capable of so much more, or knowing that you're hiding your light under a bushel. Because a lot of us who carry additional weight also carry additional issues with our confidence, our self-esteem. We are holding ourselves back. 
in so many areas because we feel insecure and we might be in relationships that we know are not good for us, but we just don't have the confidence. We don't have the mental strength or the we just don't have it in us to see it through to get us out of that situation. Some people are in jobs they hate, but they don't have the confidence to think, well, I'm better than this. There's something better for me out there. I, I might have to start from scratch, you know, leave abusive relationships, but they know that it's going to be really, really hard. But the choose are hard. <laughs> What's harder? What is harder? Is it harder to do this for a short period of time? Or is it harder for you to lie in your deathbed thinking, I wish I had it? You've got to choose your heart. But here, here's the thing. Your why has to be super powerful because in that journey, when you're choosing your heart and in those tough days and you've decided, right, I'm going to take the six months that it takes. And this is the conversation I have with my one-to-one clients. Every time, every time, like I spoke, to, I rang a client this morning and was really struggling. And we go back to the why. And I make these notes at the very start when we meet when we're talking in Zoom and we have our induction. And I ask her her why. Why do you want to tell me why? What do you see? What do you see your life looking like? What do you want to feel like? What choices would you like to have the strength to make that you feel you don't have now that you think that maybe losing this weight will help you with? Um, What would you like to have the energy to do that you you can't do now? If improving your diet and moving a little bit more gives you, what do you, what are those things? And I note them all down. So when the days are really struggling, it's easy for me to flick back to my notes and to remind them because they have forgotten, they have forgotten their why and remind them why, why. And again, make them reestablish those good neural pathways in their brain so that they see very vividly in their mind's eye where they're going to and how it's going to feel and how it's going to look. However, you've got to choose this short term hard to get to that place. And it's like everything in life and every sacrifice we make, you've got to choose that short term hard to get to that long term goal. You're entitled to nothing. We don't. This is not something you can outsource to your PT, to your nutritionist, to your best friend. This is a journey you have to make yourself. And as I said to my clients this morning, the only person holding you back is you. But just keep reminding yourself why we're doing this and just keep reminding yourself of the way you felt when you had the initial conversation with me. If you're feeling like that right now, ask yourself right now, do you want to feel like that in three months, in six months? Are you sitting now in January thinking to yourself, as you probably do every January, I am going to be in the best shape ever for summer. And I'm not talking about best shape fitting into a size eight, five, size 10. I mean, having zest for life having good mental strength, having the capacity to beat the shit out of every problem that life throws at you because you're mentally more mentally robust because you're giving your body more nutrients, gotten brains linked. We know that. We know that those who are have a better diet have better mental health also. Are you willing to do that? Do you want to feel like that? Because life throws so many curveballs at us. And I often say, you know, and often have these conversations with my clients, When you're well nourished, when you're well slept, when you're well exercised, when life throws those shitty curveballs at us, you have the power and you have this capacity and you have this mental and physical strength to beat them right back out of that court again and right back to where they came from. And you'll continue to do that. And the more you do that, the more power you get, the more confidence you get. So it's not just about fitting into a size 12. It's not about getting into that, you know, bathe and sit for your holidays. It's not about that. 
fat loss and drop in dress sizes is a byproduct of good physical and good mental health. I'm a firm believer in that, but you've got to put the spade work in first. Your why has to be super important. And remember, choose your heart. What is harder for you? So hopefully, folks, that is going to wrap everything up for me. I don't want to go on any longer than I should. I could sit here and talk to you all day. And if any of you are struggling, please reach out. Come on, we are. There's an abundance of things available on every service level within um, within my offering. Um, we have our lower priced, and it can't depend on your budget because I have something for everybody there. You know, I don't care how much money you've got. There's something, I've created something for everybody. And, you know, whether it's a 12 pound ebook that you can download and keep forever, that you keep can refer them back to, Leave Lockdown Lean has a manual that will take you from A to Z when it comes to fat loss. And there's nearly 200, 300 recipes and it's 17 pounds. You know, if you want my, me and my team to coach you on the, on, a, on a group situation or, a, you know, our online boot camp on the 6th of March, we are starting our spring special and we are going to get everybody in shape. We're now week two, week, week three into our, our current six week program and the ladies are absolutely knocking it out of the park. And it's one nine nine for six weeks. It's like 33 quid for everything that you'll ever need to know when it comes to fat loss. But again, I always say fat loss isn't a diet thing. It's a mental thing. It's a mindset. It's a mindset journey. And it's changing your mindset's key. And if you feel you're not willing to do anything, you're not you're done dieting, you're done buying the programs, you're not wasting any more money, you would rather me coach you, handhold you for the next 12 weeks, six months, however long it needs to be, and you want to drop me a message, fill an interest form. I'll arrange a Zoom chat with you. We'll chat through what I think is suitable for you. And you'll not have to think about this ever again. And it's my ultimate objective to make sure that you'll never need me. As When you're finished, our coaching program's finished, you'll never need me again. Um, so yeah, folks, look, this is January. Look after yourselves. Take care of yourselves. Look, at, you know, treat your body, as I say, as you would treat your house even better. You're the most important thing in your life. Everything pivots around you. Remember that. And it's not selfish and it's not, not egotistical and it's not narcissistic to, to focus and prioritize yourself. Um, so look after yourself. You know where I am if you need me, ladies, and have a great day. Thank you so much.